Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhasa Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhasa Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhasa Buddhang dhammang sanghang namasami. So first of all, I'd like to express my um, appreciation for the uh, sangha, uh, both uh, inviting me and uh, receiving me here for the uh, katina and uh, also express my appreciation to the lay community for all of the um, organization, uh, all the work that goes into um, making a katina happen. Um, It's not, uh, it just doesn't spring up like a mushroom with uh, no, no tending, no looking after. Uh, you uh, uh, for a katina to happen, there's a lot of lot of organization, a lot of of uh, care uh, that's given to it, looking after all the people, and and uh, but it's also a uh, very uh, and it's quite, it's a joyous occasion uh, to come together as a as communities uh, that have uh, a faith in the. In, in the Buddha and the Dhamma and in the Sangha and uh, to uh, spend time with each other, renew one's uh, connection, contact, roots um, with, uh, with each other and with the, uh, with the community of Amravati, uh, both the monks community, Siladara community here, um, their their commitment and their their practice uh, is a great example for the uh, lay community uh, to be able to have yeah, models for how do we live in the world um, and uh, and of course that's what Katina uh, is is a an opportunity for. Uh, the um, yeah the communal uh, harmony uh, to be expressed in a um, visual physical way uh, in order to um, bringing the the uh, uh, the lay people bringing the robe material uh, the sangha members receiving the robe offerings. Uh, and the and then the creating of the robes um, that uh, it takes uh, a lot of you know, organization on the on the lay people's part to and generosity in order to to uh, um, and bringing requisites. I mean that whole side of the wall is. But a third of the wall over there is full of offerings, and it's 
people's generosity being expressed in a very physical way. Uh, the cloth that has just been offered uh, is now being um, measured, cut, beginning to be created into a robe by both the siladars and the and the and the monks and uh, and it ends up as a robe that a monastic will wear uh, like i've just come from abhaygiri last sunday was the abhaygiri katina and this is the abhaygiri katina robe that was made and I don't know what time you p will be able to get finished might <laughs> nah okay not a sure thing seal the dollars a bit more sure <laughs> okay well that's the way it works is you don't don't really know I mean ours was we finally did our ceremony about 10 o'clock yeah so it wasn't bad this year was not bad it was pretty good so that uh, you know, it just you know, it takes takes effort, and everybody plays a role. Everybody has a role to play, and and that's you know, and that's how you create harmony is is by actually doing things together. You know, it's a nice ideal. Uh, you know, wouldn't it be lovely? Human beings getting along having loving-kindness and compassion for each other. It all sounds very good until you have to live with each other. <laughs> and that, then that, that, uh, uh, that, that, that ups the ante. Uh, that, that really makes it a different thing. And, but it's a lot of the, the way that harmony is created is by doing things together. Uh, and uh, and this, of course that goes on the lay people side, goes on the monastic side. Um, it's that uh, willingness to to work together, to to share uh, the same space, share the same values, uh, share share the same commitment to uh, to training. Uh, this is something that uh, is the and it's the basis of the of the Buddha's teaching. Uh, when you think of the Buddha's teaching, it's not just a um, yeah, say like a a middle way of teaching in terms of okay, four noble truths. Um, dependent origination, uh, analysis of of the elements. That's a that's a middle way of teaching. But what is even more emphasized is a middle way of practice. So that the uh, that middle way of practice, middle way of training, uh, is is where the learning really takes place. And that's what the word that the Buddha uses for training is the same word that is for learning, for education. Uh, and in the 
Pali, it, the, the, the word is sikha. Uh, and that is, uh, so when you take precepts, say sikha padam. So it's like the precepts are a foundation, a foundation for training, foundation for learning. So because it, we learn by doing. Um, that's how we. That's how we learn. Um, you know, where it's not just having an idea about something, but by doing something, repeating it, it's developing a skill. Uh, so we're developing a skill in how to live, live harmoniously, live in a way that's actually peaceful. And of course, it re- depends on a f- good foundation. And that's what the say. That's what the precepts are for. You lay a foundation for 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 living together in a way that is 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 skillful, is harmonious, not harming, not uh, taking advantage of each other in various ways, either through through uh, through actions or speech, uh, and so that there's a, a trust that is developed. Um, and because if we don't trust each other, it's hard to live together. Um, and um, you know, and that's whether you're a monastic or whether you're a, a lay person living in the world. That foundation of of trust is is essential, uh, so that uh, uh, these um, precepts are a a a basis of. When we live together, we learn how to trust each other. We might not even like each other, <laughs> but you know, somebody who that you don't like, but you trust them. That's that, that's actually more precious because like is all around personality. And personality is, yeah, we all have different personalities. We've got our quirks. We've got our, our differences of, of, uh, of temperament and whatnot. But to be able to establish a foundation of trust with each other is really important. If you spend all your time trying to have everybody like you, oh, that's really tedious. <laughs> And and you're never going to be successful. Uh, doesn't matter. I mean, the, not, not even the Buddha could do that. There's lots of people who did not. You know, they didn't like the Buddha. They didn't respect him. They criticized him, um, and and um, but you think in terms of, you know, who would be the the most trustworthy being in the world? You think. Ah, oh, you know, absolutely the Buddha, and that's what what. And when he spoke of himself, he didn't speak of himself as oh, they say the one and only true Arahant enlightened being. He didn't speak like that. He didn't speak in terms of of uh, you know, sort of the great guru, the great teacher. He spoke of himself as a Galayanamitta to the world a good spiritual friend for the world. And that, it's incredibly, to me that's really beautiful. Uh, because uh, 
that sense that sense of being uh, uh, yeah like a trusted friend a trusted uh, person who one can can rely on for their uh, yeah their commitment to to truth um, and that you know so for all of us I think that's a uh, it's an important uh, basis of, of well let's see if that's what we would uh, as a role model or as a model for ourselves how do we how do we how do we create that kind of commitment to integrity commitment to truth commitment to uh, to kindness uh, and generosity uh, and of course you know, you think well that's that's actually expressed in the katina Ceremony. I mean, it's, 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 ceremonies in 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 Buddhism are tend to be, especially if they go back to the time of the Buddha. Um, they have a a really important um, foundation or basis uh, of um, reminding us, giving us the the recollection of what is. What's, what's truly beneficial, what's useful, uh, what's going to be helpful in our own quest to understand the nature of the world around us, understand ourselves, and to free the heart from, from dukkha, to actually be peaceful and happy. And, you know, those ceremonies, it's like the, the, the of course, the Katina ceremony is, this is what we're doing today, and it's, it's the Buddha is pointing to us the way that we can create harmony, uh, living within society, living within culture, both as a monastic, as a layperson, and those communities also relying on each other. Uh, so it's a uh, um, these are, are are the foundations that we have the opportunity to to recollect and reflect on. Uh, uh, the ceremonies are always based on yeah, recollection, Buddha Dhamma Sangha, recollection of, of precepts, uh, but of course they're based on generosity and not just generosity of making a physical offering, but generosity of, 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 of service, uh, of, uh, of uh, looking out for each other, caring for each other. Uh, those are, are very tangible ways that we, we can uh, see as, as a basis for, for living with a foundation of harmony. Of course, once we have a, a fundamental foundation of harmony, uh, then we can, um, you know, it's so much easier to meditate when we're, when we're not in conflict with ourselves or in conflict with others. Um, and, uh, you know, that is... is uh, uh, it, it's an important. Oftentimes, um, the tendency is to think in terms of again the ideals of of, of Buddhism, the ideals of 
you know, an aspiration to peace and and uh, and wisdom, uh, and uh, those are essentially are very important ideals. Uh, but then, how do we get there? Um, and you know, I think of uh, uh, in you know one of the very memorable talks of Ajahn Chah, where he he was actually he was speaking very very strongly um, uh, a lot of the talk was in the northeastern dialect and when Lumpur Chah reverted to northeastern dialect that's his home uh, that's what he grew up with then you're usually getting some pretty salty language coming in <laughs> and uh, and he was just, you know, you get these monks, they want to, they say they're one practicing for Nibbana and they can't even clean their toilets, you know. <laughs> you know, so they go here, go there, you know, searching for places to practice, searching for, 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 for different teachers, and all they do is leave a trail of dirty toilets behind them. You know, <laughs> no, it's really, you know, it's really beautiful because uh, it's, it's, yeah, you, you know, how are we living? How are we dealing with the just the fundamentals of our of our life? Uh, how do we how do we care for the things around us? Uh, how do we look after both the yeah, the, the kind of the physical places that we live in, but then also the people. Uh, how, how are we? How are, are we? Are we patient with each other? Uh, are we willing to to listen to each other? Because um, there's a there's such a tendency to if I'm suffering, then we you know it's not because of, it's obviously because of so-and-so, or this circumstance. And remember one monk who was uh, training with Ajahn Chah, and he was a Westerner, and, and he said, yeah, he said, when you're, yeah, when you're practicing, and, and he said, then you become absolutely convinced that at least 75 to 80% of all the dukkha in the world is because of the person sitting next to you in line. <laughs> and it's, it's just the way, it, it's the, way it, the human mind works. And, but to be able to, uh, so it can be a feeling, of course, but then you want to pay attention to that. You want to, to recognize this. Okay, that's, that's the way the mind works. That's the way the mind projects. And how do, how, do, how do I be patient with that? How do, how do I not get swept up and caught in that? Um, because it's a, it's a spiral that pulls one down. And uh, that having that, that, that willingness to reflect, to investigate, and, and to, to figure out ways of yeah, living together that are grounded in our our precepts, our training, and the uh, and again the sense of the the uh, the lay community, the, the the lay community, and the monastic community. 
having a mutu mutually supportive um, uh, roles in in our commitment to 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 being followers of the of the Buddha. And as Ajahnamara was mentioning, that, that from very shortly after my ordination as a as a bhikkhu, maybe maybe a month, not more than a month, uh, I had the opportunity, and I was encouraged by my teacher at Wat Playing to to go and pay respects to to Ajahn Chah, and. Uh, and I went there, um, having heard that there were such things as, as forest monasteries, and that was appealing to me. Uh, didn't take very long for the idea of living in Bangkok to lose its luster. Uh, and, uh, and it happened to be a time of uh, course, it was in, I ordained early January, and it was February that I was in Wat Papong with Ajahn Chah. And February is a, there's a full moon, uh, that is the Magha Puja, uh, full moon. And in those days, that was actually a time at Ajahn Chah's monastery that, I mean, the lay people would, of course, come together, and there would be a circumambulation that's part of the uh, tradition in, in Thailand, but then it was also a time when all of his uh, disciples from the various branch monasteries would gather. And at that time there wasn't so many, 15 or 16 uh, branch monasteries, now there's hundreds. Um, but at that time it was still fairly small, but, but people, the, the monastics came together, lay people came together, and I, you know, I'm pretty sure that that was, was seeing that kind of you know, that coming together, that harmony and the mutual support, mutual commitment to, to, to the study and practice of the, of the Buddha's way uh, that really inspired me to, to uh, to stay with Ajahn Chah, to, to uh, continue to, to train. It took me a while to, to, uh, to really uh, digest that. Because when I, when I, when I ordained, I, had no, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. Um, I was just stumbled into it and, and, uh, um, and just happened to have the good fortune to meet good teachers and, and uh, see good examples. So then, um, but that's just seeing that example of, of a, um, a, like a, a culture and society that the values of, of, of peace, the values of integrity, uh, and the values of living wisely were being Manifested, they were being they were being exemplified, both by the monastics as well as by the lay community, and uh, and it was always amazing to me uh, that the uh, 
the lay community were so um, committed to listening to the Dhamma and meditation, chanting meditation uh, at Ajahn Chah's monasteries. It was, was uh, uh, in those days, I could hardly sit still for more than 10 minutes. So they'd just come in the evening and sit through the whole night. It was just, uh, it was amazing to me. Uh, so that that uh, you know, certainly that, you know, that that sense of example is not just the say the monastic community giving an example to the lay community, the lay community also giving an example to the monastic community. It's not it's not exclusive. It's, it's just who is it that is willing to uh, take the principles of dhamma and embody them, lift them, and make them what is most essential in their lives. And, and that is, that's why when we say, when we do the, do the chanting for you know, recollection, paying respects to Buddha, Dhamma, and Sangha, the, uh, the, what is held up as the, as the example of Sangha is Supatipanna, one who practices well. Uchupatipanna, one who practices directly. Nyayapatipanna, one who practices uh, f- for understanding, for, 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 for wisdom. Samijipatipanna, uh, uh, one who practices with integrity. Uh, it's the practice that is the foundation, and then even when you you say the four pairs, the eight kinds of noble beings, it's not pointing to, uh, say, an ordination status, or uh, it's it's one's understanding of and and tasting of the Dhamma, and that's that that is the Buddha always left that open to everybody, uh, whoever was willing to. Practice well, practice directly. This dhamma will reveal itself, and so that that uh, that opportunity to do that is is uh, it's that's like these these occasions of coming together in a ceremony at the at the monastery are they're, they're ways of exemplifying that or manifesting it or creating an example, which helps us to to reflect, to recollect, so that we can take it back into our, uh, our daily lives. And our daily lives, whether we're, uh, you know, in, in London or whether you're our daily life here in the monastery, uh, how do we bring that commitment to, to, to the Dhamma? So there's this sense of training is so important, so essential, the, the giving oneself to to a training, and uh, that uh, uh, training is, as of course, you can get busy with the training sometimes, um, or say you can get busy with meditation. You know, trying to make the mind peaceful, trying to find the right technique. What's the right method? Of meditation, so that I, my mind will be peaceful, and you, you, know, you spend a lot of time 
trying to get the, the technique right, the method right, getting the information right. If I only had the right information, you know, what's the exact teaching that will give me a, a assurance of, of, of a practice in the path? Well, it's, it's not really about the, the, uh, uh, the method, the technique. There are certain, um, you know, in the same way that there's certain precepts that we hold, but if you think you can make yourself pure just by keeping a rule and getting the rule right, yeah, you're always going to be in doubt. Or you think if you if I can just make my mind peaceful, if I had the right, did I get the right in breath with the right word at the right time and the right out breath? Get it just right, then my mind would be peaceful. No, it's not. It doesn't work like that. It's just be using whether one's using the precepts or using generosity and service and kindness or using the actual meditation, it's for allowing this quality of knowing, of awareness, um, being the, the basis of what you, uh, where, uh, what you work from, what you, your anchor, your, your foundation. Because <clears throat> that's the nature of the, the nature of the mind uh, is to know, that's its, it's, it's very function. Uh, to know, to know things. But what's important is to just to be able to use that quality of knowing, not for gaining or achieving or becoming something, but for releasing and relinquishing and letting go. It's like Ajahn Chah saying, you know, Dhamma practice is not difficult. There's only two things you have to do, know and let go. <laughs> and of course, it sounds re when you say it, it sounds really easy. But the, the, that, that just, we, you know, we, we know and then we, we, we drift, we wander, we proliferate. Um, we get caught up in some mood or another. So just learning how to return to that knowing. Uh, and, and then there's that sense of releasing and relinquishing, not holding on. It's like, like coming into this space, like a temple space, is really, um, even if there's hundreds of people, there's a kind of stillness in this space. And, and, and that's, that's a clue. Uh, it's just to be able to turn to that, you're knowing that there's stillness. And quite, there might be some noise, there might be some movement, there might be other people, but uh, one knows that, recognizes it, and letting the stillness be more prominent. Because we can lose that, we can, we can cover it over with our proliferations and our projections and our expectations, but you realize, oh, I'm just stirring the mind up. And there is this stillness that you can keep coming back to. 
master, there's this quality of knowing, of stillness that is always there. It's learning how to trust that, and learning how to care for it, and you know, not not to uh, not to mess it up too badly. <laughs> I mean, we can't actually mess it up, but I mean, we can we can we can keep our minds agitated. We can keep, we can worry about things. We can we can doubt about it. We can. We can get caught up in projections of something else that's going to make me happy and make me satisfied. Um, but anybody who's, well, more than a teenager, <laughs> has followed enough things that you thought was going to make you happy that you should have caught on by now. <laughs> and learn how to come back and Trust in the knowing. Trust in one's own, one's own opportunity to be one who dwells in integrity, dwells in, dwells in the you know, practicing in a good way, living in a good way, living directly, living for knowledge and understanding, and and that uh, that is uh, again one is that is how one takes sangha as refuge. Um, Saying, uh, that is how one draws draws close to the to the sangha. Let's see. You think of the like the word that the Buddha uses of lay followers, upasaka upasika. There's a there's like a, a male lay follower, female lay follower. Uh, what it literally means is one who draws close. So that one who draws close to draws close to the truth, draws close to Dhamma, draws close to the, the, the refuges of Buddha, Dhamma, and Sangha. You know, that, that sense of allowing oneself to draw close uh, and giving oneself that opportunity. Because oftentimes we think, oh, I've got to make myself do it. It's more like, no, give yourself the opportunity. Give yourself a gift of relying and Taking, yeah, taking Buddha Dhamma Sangha as refuge, uh, allowing that to be the the foundation that one one works from, and that's where our sense of peace, our sense of clarity, our sense of well-being uh, will will truly come from. So today is a day of gathering and many many people have come together and and uh, the there's uh, been of course a tremendous uh, generosity and uh, expression of well-being uh, has been manifested and something to really delight in so I just wish to express my anumotana my delight in uh, everybody coming together today and uh, I'll close my dhamma talk at this Andamayang Vadagata Sadukarang Tadama Sadu Sadu Sadu